WBNE. Hello from elsewhere. I'm Valerie, watching the happenings of the final desolation. Or is it the final? I didn't finish. But I'm joined by one who actually has read the entirety of The Way of Kings, has a degree in interdisciplinary humanities, and runs an awesome bookstagram called Beaming Bookworms. Welcome, Krista Olson. Thank you. I'm... I'm super, super honored to be on this podcast, so <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so glad you get to be on. We uh, had talked about this a while ago, and you were like, I want to talk about The Way of Kings, and you're like, but I need to reread it first. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize that it's like a thousand pages long, like literally a thousand pages long. <laughs> yes, it is a very long book, which is kind of intimidating. I hope it didn't turn you off from like reading any Brandon Sanderson ever again. <laughs> no, because I started reading it, but I had the book, um, I had the audiobook on my uh, library app. And so I was listening to it and I only got like two hours in out of, I think it was like 43 hours long. Yeah, it's really long. <laughs> so I got a few hours, and then by the time I finished, like got my few hours in, the library takes it back and the hold on it is so long that I haven't gotten it back again, so... That's sad. I'll just have to like buy it. That way I can actually, you know, listen on my own time or read it on my own time. Yeah. Well, I find it, I read faster than I listen. So I probably don't take 40 hours to read it. Maybe I do. I don't know. Ooh, that'd be interesting to find out. I do know when I listen to the audiobooks, I often lift, listen at like one and a half speed. Oh. That way I can get through a little quicker. <laughs> That's smart. So before we jump into the main discussion about the way of kings i wanted to ask you what your first memory of a story is okay this question was like the hardest question that you sent me i have i have kind <laughs> of a terrible memory and so i was like ah uh, i had to think way back um cuz my parents have like always read to me like ever since i was little so like i couldn't think of i couldn't think of the first one but my dad read to us like he started reading us chapter books when we got a little older and he read till we were like in high school which was really cool like that my dad would read with us still when when we were teenagers um but I remember we read like the series of unfortunate events we read Harry Potter stuff like that but I do have one like memory that stands out in my mind it's when um we're reading the fourth Harry Potter book and it's like the graveyard scene you know where Voldemort returns yes. and we were sitting on the my parents bed and it was like nighttime and there was like thunder and it was like literally storming outside <laughs> and it was like so intense and like spooky so that's one of my early memories but it's probably not the first <laughs> that's a great memory i love that it happened to be rainy stormy night for you to read that exact scene right it was like everything lined up perfectly yeah <laughs> so when you were thinking about picking the way of kings as the piece of fiction that you love above all others how hard was it to choose it actually wasn't too hard i don't know if it's like 100 percent my favorite of all time but Brandon Sanderson is definitely my favorite author and this is my favorite book by him and so and I knew I could talk about it for hours it's like always my go-to I'm like so have you read Brandon Sanderson I'm trying to like sell it to everybody <laughs> so yeah I figured I could talk about it for at least an hour probably more <laughs> fair enough his books are long enough that there should be plenty to talk about right yes exactly yeah I can talk about this book for long enough because it's so it has so much in it so yeah, that helps. I actually almost just, I almost did pick something else, 
I almost picked Avatar The Last Airbender because yes. it's my favorite TV show <laughs> by far. Um, and I know you guys have seen it. Oh, yeah. But we haven't talked about it on your podcast. And so I was like, this is my chance. We'll talk about it. But then I was like, no, I got to pick a book because I love books so much. So I know. It's always that was a my runner up. Choice. Yeah. It's a great runner up. Classic. So how would you describe The Way of Kings to someone who has never read it before? Okay. Um, I feel like you can talk about this book enough and still not like give away too much because it's so long. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm two hours. I was two hours in and I felt like it was just barely getting started. So <laughs> yes, it does kind of start several times because you have like a prelude to the series and then a prologue. And then you have like two different characters point of view. So it's like you start the book four times. So it is a rough start. But it's so worth it. Um, so basically, it follows... Um, the first book follows two characters, Kaladin um, and Shallan. Kaladin is... Um, he starts off, you see him as a slave, um, kind of in this cart. And um, so you follow his journey. And then Shallan is this kind of more upper class um, young woman whose father just died. And so she's um, kind of out traveling to figure out their family finances because they're they have lots of debt and stuff like that um but they live on this planet it's called roshar um and i think this is what makes it really different than other high fantasy because it's not your typical like elves and dwarves and stuff it's a completely different planet um and what's really cool about this planet is there's these high storms so anytime it rains there's like these crazy crazy storms with like high winds like you can't be outside or you will die and um but they only go one direction and they're kind of able to predict them fairly reliably um but it changes like how they are as a civilization and the plants have to like adapt so that they can survive in these harsh harsh conditions um so that that would be the plot or the setting and the characters i don't know how much i want to get into the plot I don't want to spoil it. How far did you get? I remember Kaladin in the cart. Because, yeah, there's like, like you said, there's like the prelude and the prologue. And so I read all the other stuff. And yes, I think I got to like Kaladin as like a slave in the wagon. (laughs) (laughs) So you got to the beginning. (laughs) Pretty much. I was two hours in and I was at the beginning. (laughs) Did you um, get to Shallan yet? No. Okay. So yeah, she's see, next. so I didn't even get to the fourth intro of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I know. When I first read it, I, I definitely was like, wait, are we ever going to actually get the same person talking? But it, it does get into it eventually. There are lots of books like that, though, that are a little bit slow to start and, and like pick up pace. And then once yeah. they get going, you're like, okay, I really enjoyed it. But I do yeah. wonder sometimes why authors take so long to get... Like, I, I mean, I think in his case, he's building a world. Like, it's a very in-depth and, and lots of different groups that are coming together, so... Yeah. Well, and I think when you write a series, you can afford to do that because you have several books to work things out. And this is supposed to be a five-book series, and they're all really long, so I guess... You can take your time to set things up when you <laughs> do that. So That's right, because this is part of the Stormlight series. Is that what they Yeah, the Stormlight Archive, Archive. series. Yeah. Oh, not just series. Archive sounds sounds way cooler. So much more official, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so have you and you've read all of them? So I've read the first three. The fourth one comes out this fall. So he hasn't even oh, finished. Okay. He hasn't the even finished them yet. <laughs> He's still going. So at the end of this book, do you feel like you get 
all of Kaladin and oh, what was the girl's name? Shalon. Shalon. Do you get like a conclusion to their story or their story is all five books? Um, You do. I feel like it wraps up well enough. Okay. Um, but And they are in the next books, but with each book, he has multiple viewpoints and each, I, from what I remember, each book, you have one character's flashbacks. So in this book, you have Kaladin's flashbacks. In the next book, I think it's Shallan's flashbacks. So you still get her point of view and Kaladin's, but I think he gets some other points of view. <laughs> he keeps like adding them. And then in the third one, there's a character named Dalinar. Um, you get his flashbacks. So with each each book, you get like a different character's background, I guess. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm it's just fun. gonna say that if somebody were reading my flashbacks, I don't think they'd get a thousand pages worth. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, but you don't have a tragic life, backstory. <laughs> this is true. My life is not that interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting, but maybe not a thousand pages interesting. Not a thousand pages. Interesting. <laughs> Mine isn't no. either. I'm yeah. not saying your life is boring. <laughs> oh no, yeah, I'm owning it. My life is very much just an everyday life. <laughs> Which I, you know, I can live with that. I don't really need crazy high adventure in my life. That's why we have high adventure stories to read, because exactly. then we don't have to experience it ourselves. I don't really want to be put in a slave cart. I can live without that experience. Exactly, yeah. So what does The Way of Kings choose to say on a on a thematic level? Or what does it say about the world or society? That's oh, hard, because um, there's like a lot of themes. Um, one thing that I think is really cool is he puts like a political, I hate to say political, because there's so much like connotations there but um he puts a lot of social structure into his worlds not just in this book in his other books he does this too but so in this world there's light eyes and dark eyes is how they do there's you know if you're a light eyes you're upper class if you're a dark eyes you're lower class so basically the color of your eyes determine your standing in life um instead of like your race kind of like how it is in our world um but that's he goes really deep into like who has power and how people play off of that power so I think that's a really cool <clears throat> facet that makes me it makes me think about how our world is set up right um, it parallels our own world yeah exactly but in Question, a different light does dark eyes just mean like brown eyes or like if you have light brown eyes does that count and like dark blue eyes is then part of dark eyes yeah it, it kind of gets there's a lot of gray areas um but I do think in he describes people with like lighter like copper like eyes and they would they would be a lighter yeah the light eyes spectrum but then even within the light eyes and the dark eyes there's like there's um like a hierarchy there's so there might be like some light eyes that are like lower class not lower class um i can't remember the word he uses for it but basically you can be a dark eyes and be higher ranking ranks you can be higher ranking than like a, a or lower ranking than a dark eyes like because there's different ranking so it's there's a lot of gray area when it comes to it which is kind of like real life right right like nothing's cut and dry okay but um so that's one of the things i think is really cool but my favorite theme it's not like a it's not like a main theme um but one thing that he he goes into more as the books go along is mental illness a lot of the characters have some sort of mental illness that they struggle with so like kaladin he struggles with depression it's like pretty clear early on um, but there's another character who um, has paranoia. There's another character, main, and these are main characters. 
um, who has like alcohol addiction. Um, one of them has a borderline personality disorder. Um, but what I love that he he does is he explores it and not like they have to overcome these parts of who they are. They kind of play into their strengths and obviously they grow and they they become better because of them. I actually have this quote I want to read. It's from the publisher's website. They had some beta readers. Um, So this is just a reader. But they said, If I were asked to condense the overall theme of Brandis Anderson's ongoing Stormlight, Stormlight Archive epic fantasy series to a single thought, it would be Broken People Save the World. And I just love that. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That is a great theme. It comes down to the point that, yeah, we don't have to be perfect superheroes to make a difference exactly yeah so that's another thing i love about it but there's a lot of other themes um i guess one more i'll touch on um so they have these um so they have these ideals and the one of the main one in this book is life before death strength before weakness journey before destination um and i absolutely love it because there's so many layers of meaning that goes into that because like obviously life before death we live before we die but life is more important than death. Do we value life more than we value killing? Um, and that's just like surface level. Every time I read the book, I swear I get something new out of just the, that ideal. And so it's just great. I hope this makes you want to read the book. It, it does. No, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm catching the hook again. I was like, I gotta, but I do think I need to just buy a copy of it so that I can work yeah. my way through it. <laughs> I know. Next time it's on sale, I'll message you the day of. Perfect. I was like, I should have reminded her, but I forgot to. So no, that's totally my fault. <laughs> it's all good, but um, I hope the you don't get too squeamish with all the the surgeon stuff because so Kaladin's the son of a surgeon, and there's there's quite a bit described. <laughs> Oh yes, because you know I don't like yeah you don't medical like that kind of stuff. But reading is different than movies. If it's in a movie, I close my eyes. If it's in a book, I just like skim really quickly, like so it doesn't feel very graphic. Like I get the gist of what happened, but I don't dwell on it. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> so that'd be okay. I think I'd be all right. Okay. So in the storm, or well, I was gonna say in the whole Stormlight archives, but I guess in the Way of Kings, who is your favorite character? It's definitely Kaladin. I love Kaladin so much, which at the beginning, like, you probably haven't seen him enough of him to, like, really love him. But what I, and he's why I love this series so much. Like, his character and his journey is definitely why I love The Way of Kings. It's why it's my favorite. He hits rock bottom. He's, like, at the lowest of the low. See, that's where I'm seeing him him. now. Yeah, Yeah, actually, it gets a little worse. Oh, it gets worse than that. (laughs) Um, so he's almost at rock bottom at the beginning. Um, but then you see him come out of that and it's like the most hopeful, beautiful thing. Um, and the, like the friendships and the bonds that he makes are just so like heartwarming and inspiring. And I just love it so much. Oh, that's fun. You have to read it now. Yeah, now I have to. Now I have to figure (laughs) out what happens to Kaladin. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, Shallan's cool too, but Kaladin's, Kaladin's where it's at. Any other thoughts you wanted to share, Krista, on The Way of Kings before we move on to rapid fire questions? Oh, um, definitely. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Those were the questions um, I had, but whatever else you want to talk about with Way of Kings, give it to us. Yes. Um, so we already talked about setting. Um, so one thing that I love is that Brandon Sanderson, he, he's a really clean writer. Like, there's nothing, I mean, obviously there's violence, but there's, you know, not too much swearing or hanky panky going on (laughs) 
he but one thing that I love it's like his signature is he substitutes swears so in any world he creates he like makes his own like swears Swear or like exclamation <laughs> so in this book it's storms because there's high storms so anytime someone's oh, okay. like storms it's like they're swearing but it doesn't bother me because it's not a swear to me so yeah I just it's just like one thing that he does in all of his books that I just think is so funny um have you seen have you watched any of the rebels series I haven't. Yeah. Well, one of the characters, anyways, he always says carabast, and you're like, which sounds even like, it's like, that's a good, it's like a swear word in his language, and you're like, okay. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I like that trend. It's it's a good way to, to kind of edit things without exactly. having to edit them too much. But even the kids can watch it, and it's, yeah. <laughs> um. So another thing I wanted to talk about was the magic system in this book. I don't want to like, I won't give away too much, but um. so in the book... Um, another cool thing about the high storms is they have this thing called stormlight, and that's kind of where the source of the power comes in this book. Is from so it's like these storms, yeah, they're really crazy and hard, and they make life difficult, but they also give pe- some people this incredible power. Um, and so they have their their money system is tied into it, which is also crazy. Like again, the level of like connection that goes into it. Um, they're like glass spheres and inside they have like gems like rubies and sapphires and all that and if you leave them out in a high storm it infuses them with storm light and so storm light is where people get their power from in the book and it can give people different abilities so in the beginning i know you saw like these things called lashings he talks yes. about where he uses a storm light to like basically glue things together or like change gravity and yeah. crazy stuff like that it kind of felt like a it's the, like the game Portals or something where like... <gasps> yes, yeah. I love Portal. <laughs> <laughs> my kids just watched my husband play Portal and they loved saying, it Not so that much. I've played Portals, but I've watched Casey play Portals. <laughs> it's a great game. It's... Yeah, it's just fantastic. So that's what the lashings made me think of was Portals. Yeah, cause it's like kind of mind-bending. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does that like in all his books where he has he has a very hard magic system. He talks... He's talked about how... Like, I don't know if you've heard of soft magic versus hard magic. So soft magic would be, like, things that aren't super explained, like in Harry Potter, where you you just kind of wave your wand and say a spell. Like, you don't know exactly how it works. But hard magic... Where do they get the magic from? Yeah, yeah, there's not, like, a ton explained. Mm -hmm. Like Lord of the Rings, like, Gandalf's magic is soft magic. Yes, that would be soft magic. Unexplained, yeah. Yeah. But he has, like, very specific rules to all his magic, and thoroughly explains how everything works within that magic system, which is really cool. Sometimes it does get hard to follow, like the fight scenes in, like, I have to slow down because it's hard for me to follow, but it's really, really cool. So that's that's one thing that's super fun about all his books. So, um, okay, I think the last thing, nope, I have a couple more. <laughs> Um, one thing I love about Brandon Sanderson is he writes some like very strong female characters. Now Shalon isn't like his best female character, um, but she's strong in her own right. But in this book, in this world, only women can write. So men are illiterate. They don't learn how to read and write. It's like, it's considered a feminine art. Um, but in a sense, it gives women like this incredible power because when they like 
scribe things for men and they take notes and everything, they'll like put in their own sub notes of what they think. And so if other women read it, then oh, okay. they get like multiple sides of it. it. It just gives women more power. Um, it's still kind of a masculine dominated world because it's a, there's a lot of wars and stuff and they fight, but I just love that they have like that leg up in this world that, that the women create in this world and the men or like have the destructive arts basically. So I thought that was really Yeah, that's a really very fun. interesting detail. I like that. Yeah. Um but he has some I love some of his um females in other books. I think my favorite is in Skyward. It's his um sci-fi book and her name is Spensa and she's just like she's crazy and awesome and Now Skyward is that one's a young adult, right? Yeah, it's a young okay. adult and it's the only sci-fi he's written. Um, I feel like maybe I, actually, I should start with that one. It's not. Yeah, I actually think Casey would like it too okay. because it has lots of spaceships and there's AI. There's a talking like AI robot <laughs> spaceship thing, and and it's yeah. really fun and it's definitely up Casey's alley. An easier read, so yeah, that's it, a good place to start. It's not a thousand pages. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would recommend that you start there or. Um, a lot of people read Mistborn. It's three books, but um, obviously not as long. And it's probably his most popular. So those yeah. ones are those ones are good too. So so many um, options if you want to read some Brandon Sanderson. You could... Yes, I could like go on about like okay, well if you like this kind of book, you should start here. <laughs> but I'll just say those two are good to start. Or even I think you'd really like the Alcatraz series, um, Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians. Yes. It's about this kid. He he's in foster homes, and he it, like is always moving from home to home. But he comes to find out he has this talent. They call him talents of breaking things, which seems like really crappy talent, right? Um, and then he comes to find out that he actually does have family, and they all have talents like arriving late to things. And so they seem really lame, but as the book goes on, you see how they like play in as superpowers. Um, but mostly it's just really funny. It's middle grade, but he's like, he breaks the fourth wall and he's always telling you, Alcatraz is always saying, don't believe anything I say. I am not a good person. You don't want to read this story. It's awful. <laughs> and it's just very, it's quirky and very, very clever and made me laugh out loud a lot. So I think you'd like that one. I'll need to put that one on my list too. Yeah. Um, okay. I think this is the last thing. Um, plot twists. Brandon Sanderson is like, so good at this he i now that i've read a lot of his books i like fully expect them and i try to predict what's gonna happen and most of the time i still am surprised at the end so he and but but at the same time you go back and you read and you're like oh my gosh it was there all along but he's he's very sneaky sneaky yeah and so it it kind of has ruined other books for me because i have gotten so good at predicting (laughs) plot twists that i'm like i knew it called it he like exercises you're reading (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i think those are those are some of some of my favorite things about not just the way of kings but brandon sanderson this is basically an excuse for me to talk about a whole author (laughs) (laughs) he is your favorite piece of fiction (laughs) (laughs) okay no those are all great examples of why he's a great author and why so many people love his books. He's one that I have always meant to read. And I did start Mistborn at one point and didn't finish that and didn't finish The Way of Kings. I think 
maybe I need to start younger. I need to start with middle grade and then I'll work my way up to his young adult. There you and go. Then go into his adult <laughs> high fantasy. <laughs> That's not a bad way to go. <laughs> work my way up. Which is funny because I don't mind a challenging read. Um, but I do feel like when life is busy or whatever, I like a book that only takes me like two days to read. Yes. Because then I can just enjoy it and be done and then get everything else done in my life that needs to be done. Yeah, totally. I'm like that too. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I just need a really easy read that's going to suck me in and I can just devour it in like a day or two. Yeah. Exactly. So I get that. <laughs> All right. Rapid fire questions, Krista. Okay. Hey, who is your favorite fictional protagonist? Okay. I just want to preface this by saying I just put the first thing that came to my head so that I wouldn't think too long (laughs) about it. And it's probably because I knew I was going to be talking to you, but the first thing that came to my mind was Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. I just love her so much. (laughs) She just has like such a passion for life and like she literally stops to smell the roses and she has a passion for learning. I just want to be like her. Anne Shirley is one of the greatest characters of all time. She is. She is fantastic. 100%. Hey, who is your favorite fictional villain? Mother Gothel from Tangled. Ooh, interesting. I, I really like complex villains that mm-hmm. like aren't quite mwahaha pure evil. Um, And I just think she just seems like she could be someone's mom in real life. Like, because not all moms are nice all the time. Like, yes. she loves Rapunzel and she just might not have the right reasons or might not do it in the right way. So it makes her kind of manipulative and stuff. But she just seems realistic to me. She does. She definitely is like, <laughs> we've all had those moments where your mom's like, <laughs> you, you know, stop with the mumbling. Like, <laughs> they're trying yes. to like correct your behavior. And yeah, <laughs> that's true. As a mother, there are times where I relate to her and I'm like, this is, is this a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Watching Tangled as a mom is a different experience because you're like, hmm, Mother Gothel. Sometimes I'm Mother Gothel. <laughs> yes, exactly. And plus, I love her song. So it's a great one. Mother Knows Best is a great song. Okay, what is your favorite animated show? Well, I already said, but I Avatar know. The Last Airbender. <laughs> well, I put this question on specifically so that we could talk about Avatar. Yes. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm 99% sure that Krista would say Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were you were almost right. Well, and I did talk about it. So should we talk about why we love it so yeah. much? Why do you love Avatar so much? Now it's on um, Netflix, I need to rewatch it. Yeah, I heard it just came on Netflix, so that's really exciting. Um, because I, I don't even remember... So, sorry, I cut you off again, but I no, don't remember that much of it because we borrowed it from you guys oh, years yeah. ago and yeah, watched we, them all. We have and the DVDs. Then, yeah, we borrowed all the DVDs and watched them all. And I mean, that was like when our oldest son was a baby, so you know, it was like seven <laughs> years ago. <laughs> right. So now that they're on Netflix, I can watch them all again. But yes, yes, tell me what you love about Avatar. Um, I think I love the character growth. I mean, and the show itself grows. At the beginning, they're just like a bunch of kids. And by the end, like, they've grown so much. And the show gets better. Like, the first several episodes, it's just like, oh, this is a cute kid show. But, like, then it gets, like, serious and, like, things aren't black and white. And, um, I mean, these kids have to, like, try and save the world. It's... But it's just so good. I love the characters. Yes, they're all fantastic. And I even love that your 
main villain has like you see so much of his story as well i just blanked on his name zuko zuko yeah i love that you see so much of his story as well so it's not just one-sided from the hero's perspective yeah and he's definitely he's not like you're cutting he's a complex villain just like mother gothel and so you have a villain type you should watch it with your kids i don't think it would be too scary for them most of we did we started watching uh we watched the first couple episodes our oldest son wasn't super into it but he also is really hard to talk into listen like listening (sighs) or watching things like he or reading things like i (laughs) so like we started watching it and you could tell he'd be like watching around the corner for a minute but then if we were like, come watch with us, he'd like leave and go play. I don't uh. know what it is. He just <laughs> It's not a good idea if we've su- suggested it, I think is what it is. Well, maybe if you, like, you don't have to have him watch the first few episodes. Just keep watching it exactly. and eventually he'll get sucked in, right? Well, Hopefully. yeah, that's how I got him to read Harry Potter was I started listening to the audiobook, um, And so I just had it on. And then he'd listen to parts and he'd be like, that's really interesting. And then we got like halfway and then he'd sit and listen to big chunks with me. And then he was like, mom, I want to read this book from the beginning. And I was like, great. It's on the shelf. <laughs> so, yes. So now he's, mom win. I know. <laughs> so that's really fun. So now he's read the first two and half of the third. But like you were saying earlier, the fourth gets pretty dark. So I think we're going to wait a couple yes. years on that because yeah, he's only we're going to wait on the fourth one for sure. yeah. My seven-year-old, six-year-old. How old is he? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Could be seven this year. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Although there are a few episodes that I would probably skip because there's some scary ones. I don't even Mm. know if you remember, but some there's like two or three that I that we watched with my kids, and I was like, "This is kind of scary," but I don't know. They seemed fine with it in the end. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great series. I feel like more people should give it a chance. Like people see that it's animated and that it's a kids show, and they're like. They just kind of write it off. But yes. But it's so much it's more than that. It's so really great. Oh, good. It's it is. Even adults can enjoy it. There's like, uh, I can't spoil it because it's near the end, but there's just like certain scenes that are even like so beautifully done, like with the music and the animation and like, oh, it's just so good. I 100% agree. Okay. I have a question in here. I have a couple questions actually in here that I, just two, that I didn't give you on your list. So. Okay. Okay. So what is the book series that you have read the most? Um, Probably Harry Potter. Because every Potter. time a new book came out, I'd reread the series. Oh, so, you'd start from the beginning and read them all? Yeah. I'd read them all. So by the time the seventh book came out, I'd read the first one at least seven times. And then I've reread the whole series multiple times so yeah definitely harry potter it's probably my top series that i've read as well i feel like, it's, I feel like it has to be <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like i read it every several years anyway so exactly that one and anne of green gables i've reread the anne of green gables series several times those are probably my top two i've i know i've reread the first one but i just finished reading the whole series this year so like i hadn't read the last two i think okay. so i finally finished them and i they were great yes i feel like there's her story is interesting because it starts with her as a kid and i love all of those like her youth and then even when she's like a young mom that's fun but like there's a couple books in the middle that i feel like get a little slow yeah and then when you're with her kids growing up you're like oh this is fun again yeah i definitely i i thought they were more fun but i i was like oh i still want like i like the ones with Anne as the main narrator and character 
So, well, and I love, I think the one I like the most is the one where she goes to college. I just, yeah, I really like that. One's I can't fantastic. remember which one that's so like the fourth one, but like, also yeah. reading them as a mom, seeing her raise kids and like being able to re- relate to that is super fun. It is really fun that you get to see her whole life because a lot of stories you just, most stories you see a piece of somebody's life. You know, right. You don't get to journey the whole thing with them. Yeah. And see her growing into a mom, which she is such a good mom. Like, I feel like she's, she's great. I mean, she's Anne Shirley. She can, she's great at everything. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Krista, what's a movie that your kids love that you cannot stand watching with them? So I made the mistake one time (laughs) of buying one of those DVDs in the $3 Walmart bin. It has like four different Pokemon movies on it. (laughs) And it's one of the movies on there. Like some of them are fine, but one of the movies, I don't even remember which one it is, but it has the Pokemon Latias in it. I don't even know what generation it is. My Pokemon knowledge is not extensive, (laughs) but I like, I haven't been able to sit through and watch it because this Pokemon makes this noise. over and over and over again and it sounds like it's wailing like and I'm like why isn't it saying its name like what kind of Pokemon doesn't say its own name it just like wails Trevor told me oh my husband told me I have to try and make the sound on here (laughs) (laughs) yes but I need to know what kind of sound it makes it's like (laughs) like the like and repeatedly it does that like over and over and over. So I've only actually heard most of it, but I just, I can't even watch it. I haven't even watched it. And I wish I never bought, I wish I never bought that DVD. <laughs> there are always those. What and about, I want to know, wait, sorry. I want to know. Sorry, I keep interrupting. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> um, what, what one of those do you have for your kids? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like maybe I just like my kids' taste in movies. <laughs> What is, I'm trying to think. There's got to be one that just drives me nuts. You can think about it. I know you didn't have a chance to I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> think about it. Normally it comes up. I definitely know, I don't know about, well, I know a show that I never let my kids watch because I, I was annoyed as like a babysitter seeing it at other people's houses. It was Caillou. Because <laughs> Caillou was so whiny. Yes. I and then also, that. I would never let my kids watch SpongeBob because I think it's the most obnoxious show uh, ever. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. I so I have don't a few shows that, that I wouldn't let them watch, but like, yeah, I, my kids haven't. They haven't been exposed to them yet. There's, there is a show. I picked movie, but there is a show that I can't stand, and I can't even explain fully why I hate it. Um, it's on Netflix. What is it called? Blue about the is that what it's called? Oh, I don't even remember. It's about this little girl and she makes wishes to this wishing tree, and it's I don't know. It's just so painful for me to watch. So <laughs> my kids started really wanting to watch it on Netflix, and I was already thinking about deleting my Netflix, and that was like the camp the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm like, okay, you love the show and I hate it, so we're just gonna get rid of Netflix. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, speaking of Netflix, okay, I thought of one. The um, It's called Little Baby Bum, and it's all the nursery rhymes, like, as songs. Oh, and so my gosh. kids love it because it's all the nursery rhyme songs. And it's funny because I now know all the nursery rhymes. In fact, I was at a baby shower once, and they were, like, quizzing on nursery rhymes, and I was the only one who got 100%, and I was like, 
thank you, little baby bum, for teaching me something, I guess. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's uh, there's a lot of obnoxious kids shows. I also really hate um, Kate and Mim Mim, I think it is. Like the purple bunny that oh, she I has. I haven't seen that one. Comes, well, you don't need to see it. <laughs> I totally got the name of the show the show wrong earlier. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. So there's lots of lists of what not to watch as parents. Yes, I do miss Magic School Bus though. That's the one thing I miss from Netflix because my kids loved it and it's educational. And I mean, I love Magic School Bus. I tried to get our son, to, oldest son, to watch it once because he really loves science, but it was a no go. But that was a couple of years ago. Maybe I should try again. I yeah. Know. Well, and they have the newer one, which might he might like more. I don't know. I liked it because it had like updated technology and science, but Miss Frizzle isn't as good. It's just, you just Mm. can't compare. Kind of classic Miss Frizzle. Yep. All right. And one last question for you, Krista. What book are you reading right now? Um, I actually just finished a book today. Was that today? It was today. Um, It's called Where'd You Go, Bernadette? I have that one on my list. Did you like it? Yeah. It was okay. okay. I'm reading it for my book group this month. We were like, let's pick a funny book. So someone picked this book and it's supposed to be really funny, but I don't know if it was like not my kind of humor. And I, I started out not liking it very much. And by the end, I was satisfied. So I'm like, I mean, plus there was a lot of language. That's always a kind of hang up for me. I was like a lot of strong language. So, mm, right. Yeah. But that's any, not the only reason. Any desire to see the movie? I'd want to see the movie, mainly because I feel like movies, they have to, like, tone down the language in order to make it, like, PG. Right, PG-13, yeah. <laughs> so I'd be curious to see how they interpreted it. And and there were parts that I enjoyed, but I just felt like some of the characters were kind of, kind of spoiled, like, upper-class, snobby people. But they do grow, and you find out more about their characters. So, again, at the beginning, I was like, I don't like these people. I think this book is... Not great, but I'm glad I finished it. I think if I wasn't reading it with my book group, I would probably not have finished it. So I'm glad that I did. But I, I'm probably giving it like a three star. So it was okay. okay. So you didn't hate it at least. <laughs> I didn't hate it, but I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't recommend it. But if it's on your list and you're intrigued by it, go for it. We'll see. My list is so long. Yeah, I'd <laughs> say ending. I'd say pass on that one and read some <laughs> Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> Always a good suggestion. Well, thank you so much, Krista, for coming on and talking to us tonight and uh, sharing your love for Brandon Sanderson with us. Thank you for having me. This has been actually really a lot of fun. I'm like, oh, maybe I need to start my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So where can people find you on the internets? Um, so I'm on Instagram at Beaming Bookworm, and I mostly just post about books I read and not very dedicated in my posting i i blame it on having a baby but (laughs) But, (laughs) always a fair excuse what you should do is just go through all your brandon sanderson just start ranking them from favorite to least i've actually decided that i'm gonna try to incorporate more sanderson into my my instagram because there's actually like a lot of people like a there's a whole community of sanderson fans on instagram and some of them are just discovering him and so it's really exciting i like it's one of my favorite things about my bookstagram is the sanderson community everyone's just like this is the best and it's just so fun to talk and geek out with everyone on there so is that an official name because i know you know usually if a fan group they get fun names so is Sanderson group or is there any kind of um, other nicknames that they get called by 
Not that I know of. I know there's Sanderson Sunday. People often post their hashtag Sanderson Sunday and they <laughs> post stuff like that. That's great. Um, I guess there's the thing called the Cosmere. <laughs> um, this is getting real deep, but he has a lot of his books are within the Cosmere, which is like his universe that he's created. And so you can actually find connections between his books that are in the Cosmere. And so a lot of people who have read all his books and love them, they... I don't know. They talk about the Cosmere a lot. So if you want to get really meta, <laughs> there's like some crazy connections going on between a lot of his books. Well, everyone, don't forget to engage with us on Twitter and Instagram at elsewhere underscore pod. Or you can come hang out with us on the Discord. Become a patron of Hello from Elsewhere. And you can hang out with me and Krista. Isn't it so much fun on there? I love the Discord. It's super, super fun. Everyone's just, everyone's super nice. So I love it. It is. It's like the nicest place on the internet. Mm -hmm. Hello from Elsewhere is a proud member of WBNE. Visit WBNE.org for more fabulous podcasts like That's What I'm Talking About. That's What I'm Talking About follows me, Mary Clay Watt, on my journey through Lord of the Rings for the very first time. Join me each week as I have fans on as guests so we can discuss the books one chapter at a time, and I can share all of my confused and completely inaccurate thoughts. Like this one. Although, I have to say, I did get excited for a brief second when Aragorn says, Come, father. I was like, oh my god, is Tom Bombadil Aragorn's father? <laughs> Before I remembered the whole son of Arathorn thing. Yeah, so. you know. But maybe Tom Bombadil is Arathorn. I mean, honestly, for all we know, he could be. Yep. <laughs> From WBNE, that's what I'm talking about. New episodes every Tuesday, wherever you get podcasts. Well, it's time to move on to the actual final desolation. Krista can't actually answer that. But well. <laughs> and Krista, will you give us a happy beeps? Happy beeps. Happy beeps.